0: attention this morning to the book of John, chapter 6, beginning in verse 5 through verse 9. If you've ever had a problem that arose in your life, maybe you've said this old saying that we say down south, Houston, we have a problem. Anybody ever heard that saying? Houston, we have a problem. That's simply what I'm going to speak on this morning, the thought of Houston, we have A problem. Right here, the disciples thought they had a big problem coming. But Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. The disciples didn't know. But Jesus knew. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad which had five barley loaves, and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? That's what I want to speak on this morning. Houston, we have a problem. In the eyes of the disciples, they had a problem. But in the eyes of Jesus, he knew exactly what he was going to do. Just to to give you a little nugget here, Jesus was testing them to see what they would do right here. There's a great multitude. Were they going to look? You'll see. Will they look to Jesus or will they try to figure it out in their own problems? See, sometimes our problems come from our mind. If we would just look to Jesus, we'd find out we don't have a problem at all. But we got a problem solver this morning. Hey, man, we got an answer this morning. The answer was right there in front of them. Let us look this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear God, today, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God, today, Father, Lord. Um, Lord, we exalt you, dear God, this morning, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do, oh Lord, and we ask for your anointing, Lord, and we ask for your blessings, oh God, to flow, dear God. Uh, Lord, today I ask for you to just to anoint me to speak your word. Give me the words you would have me speak this morning, Lord. If there's one in here that's facing obstacles in their life, Lord, let them look to you, dear God. Uh, Lord, we give you glory, God. We give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, What could seem like a problem uh, could be the very time that Jesus does a miracle. Uh, Think about it like this. Uh, If there was never a battle inside of your life, uh, you would never know what victory tasted like. Like. Did you hear what I'm telling you this morning? If, the, if you never experienced sickness in your life, uh, you never knew, you would never know uh, what divine healing is. Uh, you wouldn't know what it's like to be touched by God uh, and Him to heal your body. Um, and so we uh, begin uh, to see right here a situation right here growing. Um, we see the Lord is getting ready to show uh, that He's a need meter. Uh, He's a miracle maker. Uh, He can go far beyond anything one can even imagine. Uh, So, what was happening right here uh, in John chapter six, uh, verses five through nine? There was a multitude um, who had come, who had followed Jesus. Uh, No doubt, they had been hearing his preaching and teaching and seeing the healing over time. Um, But no doubt, this multitude uh, was growing hungry. Uh, No. out these people were growing weary, huh, wanting something to eat. My Lord, it don't take long to get hungry, especially if you've been out during the day after long periods of time. No doubt the natural body will grow hungry uh, over a period of time. And just think about the multitudes uh, that was in this crowd, uh, that all of stomach maybe started roaring at the same time, they started desiring food, uh, wanting to know where their are next, looking for hungry, for a way to... They're looking for ways to provide, get something to eat, if you will. Um, this multitude, how are they going to feed them? And Jesus posed this question unto Philip uh, where shall we buy the, that these men they may eat? Uh, let me just stop and say right here Jesus had no intention of buying. Uh, Purchasing bread that day. Um, How do we know that? Because in verse six is the answer. That when he says, "For he himself knew knew what." he would do. Uh, he knew exactly what was going to take place uh, and he knew that he was going to solve this problem. Uh, he was going to show his disciples uh, that he was the miracle maker. Uh, he was going to show these disciples and all these people that he can make a lot out of a little. Uh, he was going to show them that he was the one uh, that was the answer to the problem. Uh, he was going to show them that he was the one uh, that could take care of this great need that was inside of the, that was coming right before them and the disciples didn't seem to know what to do about this need. Today sometimes we think we have a problem. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we think, we say to ourselves, Houston we've got a problem. Maybe in our eyes it's a problem but can I tell you in the eyes of God, in the ways of God there's never been a problem that him. Uh, There's never been nothing that was too great for him. Uh, There's never been nothing that was too hard for him. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, you may think you got problems uh, that are in your life. Uh, You may think you got a situation that's beyond your control. Uh, But I've come by to tell you this morning, uh, he already knows exactly what he's going to do. He already knows exactly how he's going to meet the need. Uh, He already knew right here and there how he was going to feed all of these men, uh, women, and children that was there that day. Uh, oh my Lord, why do we have to worry this morning? Uh, knowing that God already knows what He's going to do. Uh, why should we worry when He's already got the solution? Uh, why should we be stressing out in fear and anxiety when He knows exactly what He was going He is going to do. Uh, so what we begin to see right here uh, is we begin to See, Philip, he began to try to figure it out in his own mind. He began to try to figure it out in the natural means, if you will. See, Philip, when Jesus asked the question, where shall we, since we buy bread, that they may eat? And listen to verse 6. And this said, he said to prove him, to prove him. What is he going to prove, Philip? He was testing the disciples, if you will. He was going to see where they would look to him or they would try to figure it out their own way. So let me tell you, Philip began to answer the Lord's question like this. He said 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient. What he was doing was trying to compute in his mind the normal way to meet such a need. In other words, he was visualizing the amount of money it would take for them to meet, for this need, this major need to be met. In other words, how much is it going to cost us to fix this. How much is it going to cost us uh, to meet this need right here? How much is it going to cost us uh, to provide for meals for all of these that are in this crowd right there? Uh, let me tell you sometimes um, we create ourselves a bigger problem uh, when we try to put our situations in our own hands. Uh, when we try to take things in our own hands. Uh, let me tell you we'll create a bigger mess than it has to begin with. Uh, but let me tell you the natural tendency of Ben uh, is trying to come up with a solution uh, on their own. Um, let me tell you, Philip was sitting there trying to compute uh, how much money it was going to cost, uh, and the answer was right there in front of him uh, the whole time. Uh, the one that they called Jesus. Um, let me tell you, Philip was thinking in his mind uh, he had that solution. Uh, when he thought in his mind like we do today, maybe he probably didn't say these words like said. uh, we have a problem Uh, how many knows that mentality exists today he was now going to let me figure he was trying to figure out uh, how they were going to fix the issue at hand Uh, in fact one of the solutions uh, the disciples came up with the Jesus now listen in the Gospels, you'll get different ones' accounts of this. Um, so we go back to Matthew's account. Listen what the disciples said uh, in order to fix this solution. Uh, listen what the disciples said right here, Matthew 14 and 15. Uh, and when it was evening, uh, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, uh, and the time is now past, and, the mu- and send the multitude away that they may go into villages um, and buy themselves victuals. Um, it other words, uh, send them away on their own, uh, where they can find their own food. Uh, send them away and let them fend for themselves. Um, now I know what you're thinking right there. Um, this you would think this would solve the problem, uh, but let everybody go and fend for themselves. Uh, go let this crowd go into the villages. Go let this crowd go into the the places and look for their own way. Let every man fend for their sails. Now, that would make sense to the most cardinal minds, if you will. It would make sense to the natural mind because in the natural mind, there seemed to be no way that this problem could be fixed. So, after all, it seemed Philip said that, listen, we don't have enough money to feed all of these people. It's going to take more than we got to feed them. Even if we did have it, it would be to the bare minimum. So the thought of this going right here sending them to the villages and letting them fend to their cells uh, would be the easiest way to deal with the issue. Um, That was at hand. Uh, But I remind you this morning uh, Philip and Andrew right here will look. Uh, They were looking at this through the flesh uh, and not through faith if you will. Uh, They were looking at this with the carnal mind uh, and not with the spiritual mind. Um, You see I want you to know right then and there what they said the Lord uh, was thinking totally different uh, than they were thinking. Uh, The Lord had a totally different mentality. uh, A totally different thought uh, than what they had thought. Uh, Let me say this morning um, uh, that when you try to take things in the natural uh, let me tell you you you're thinking different than the way that God thinks this morning. Um, You see that we may think that we have a problem. Um, We may think that we have a situation that's beyond under control. That is great. But I want you to know this morning what may have been a problem to them was not a problem to God. Did you hear me? I said what was a problem to them was not a problem to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Some of you think you got a problem this morning. I got news for you. What may seem like a problem to you ain't nothing to him this morning. You may be facing that great multitude that's coming and it's a great big problem. What may seem like a lot to you ain't nothing to him this morning. We need to quit looking at it through the carnal mind. And we need to start looking by faith this morning. We need to start looking at it through our faith this morning. After all, if God be for us, who could be against us? And Jesus said, If you can believe, then he said, Then all things are possible to them that believe this morning. After all, we have a thought one way. We think it's big. We think there's no solution. We think it's a big amount of trouble. Oh, but that was the disciples thinking right there. They thought this was a great carnal mentality. They thought this was a great big problem before them my Lord I can see them sweating it I can see them breaking it down but let me tell you the way they were thinking about sending these people away was not the way that Jesus was thinking in fact if you go into Matthew 5 and verse 16 but Jesus said unto them they need not to depart give you them to eat what he told them in reply when he said send them away Jesus said do not send them away do not send them away don't you let them go you give them something to eat I can see his faces right now I wonder what was going through their mind when Jesus spoke these words I wonder what was facing what they was thinking I wonder how how big their eyes got when Jesus told them not to leave but feed them When you start thinking it through the mind of a carnal, I'll tell you what many were thinking. They were thinking, what is he talking about? We don't have enough money to feed these people. We ain't got enough right here before us. I could see their eyes maybe growing bigger. In essence, Jesus told these people, his disciples, you don't send this multitude anywhere. You're going to feed them. You're going to feed them. Oh, I guarantee you this is right here. What Je- when Jesus told them that, it blowed their very way of thinking. And let me tell you today, Jesus does that with each one of us today. We may be thinking one way, but he may be thinking another way. We got to remember this morning that his way is not our way and our way is not his way. Let me tell you Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways said the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts my Lord I can't go back but to think what were the disciples thinking when Jesus said they ain't going nowhere but you were feeding them no, Lord, I can see the cardinal flesh now. How are we going to do this? He told us to feed them how? Well, if they would have thought. They would have re- re- looked and said, right there is the miracle maker right before us. Right there is the one that can provide for us. Right there is the one that can do this. Let me tell you, Andrew didn't begin to speak up. You know what he said? There's a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? In other words, what Andrew said. Philip had said, there's not enough. We don't have the money. Andrew said, well, here's a little boy. Here's a lad that's carrying two fi- five fish, five loaves and two fish, excuse me. But that's not nearly enough. That's not nearly enough. Meat to eat. What good is it? What good is it? Maybe he thought some of us could eat that in one bite. Hey Amen. Man, they're just seeing the little. Little's a lot when God, the Lord gets behind it. Did you hear me? I said a little is a lot when the Lord gets behind it. You see, that's what they were missing right here. That's what Andrew was missing right here. Let me tell you, Andrew was also thinking in normal circumstances. In a normal cir- circumstance, this wouldn't not have been enough. But they weren't thinking spiritual. How often does one think like that this day? One thinks according to what one sees and not by one's faith. Andrew was going by what one sees. And not by his faith. Hello. What he saw was the lack. But if he would have thought. Here's a principle. Here's a principle right here. What Andrew saw. Was just a little boy. Who had a little. But not not nearly enough. Here's a good principle. We think. that God can use a little and multiply it into a lot. Faith would have seen that. But we as human beings, we tend to like to see things, don't we? We as human beings, I'm going to preach a message tonight about the humanite woman, the woman with seven miracles. And I'm going to explain why people ain't walking in the provision of God like they need to walk in. Let me just give you a head. because really people say they put God first, they really don't. You read her story and you'll find out what it means to put God first. Most people talk it with their mouth but don't really know what it means to put God and they want to know where their miracles is at. I'll show you some steps of faith she took but let me tell you as they begin to see a little. Oh, Andrew said, oh, this ain't nearly enough. He wasn't seeing it through the eyes of faith. God could take that little and turn it into a lot. I got an old saying, I know some of them may hear, but I'll get it. Give me a flurry and I'll have me a blizzard in a little bit. <laughs> Give me a flurry and I'll have about a foot of snow coming down. <laughs> but no, they're seeing it through the natural things. And I think too often we base our belief on what we see. And not on the who we trust who's to trust in. How many know what faith is? Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I got news for you this morning. If you got to see it before you believe it, that's not faith. Hello? Hello? If you got to see it before you believe it, that's not faith. Show me. Show me, Lord, before I believe it. God ain't going to show He ain't obligated to show you nothing. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Here's one. Give me a sign. Well, uh, stepping out on faith don't require a sign. I know sometimes he might, but it don't, faith says I'm going to step out on nothing. I don't see it, but I'm going to walk on it. Amen. It's like Peter, we crucify him because he, he began to sink, but he was the only one of the 12 disciples that was willing to get out of the boat and step on the water. Why? Because what he saw was Jesus, not the circumstance under him. Jesus taught him to step out, and as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he could walk on water. But the very moment he took his eyes off Jesus, is what he began to sink Today's mentality is, Lord, show me before I believe it. I'll tell you, that's not faith. Faith says, I'm going to worship before I receive it. Hello? 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 Faith says, I'm going to worship before I receive it. I'm going to thank him before I receive it. My Lord Andrew wasn't looking at it. Philip wasn't looking at it through the eyes of faith. They were looking at it for what they saw. They were seeing the circumstance and not Jesus. I think too often we see the circumstance and not Jesus. Hello? I think too often we see what's going on around us, what we have, what we don't have, and not Jesus. Hello? Am I right? I think too often we're just like Andrew and Philip. We say we don't have it. And we say that's not nearly enough. Can I tell you real quick, God ain't looking for what you don't have. He's looking for what you have. They had something there that day. He was right there. But they wasn't looking to Jesus. They were all looking at this through the circumstance. This, is not, this little boy ain't got nearly enough to feed this crowd They were looking by sight and not by faith. See, some of you got problems this morning. You think you're saying, Houston, we got a problem. You think it's a big problem. Not to him it ain't. And when we get it in our minds, who we serve, we'll realize it's not a problem as we thought it was. We'll realize He's the solution for it. My Lord, today people don't want to walk by faith. They want to walk by sight. We want to know why miracles ain't taking place. Let me tell you all this day, let me tell you that lad with his five barley loaves and two fishes was all that Jesus needed to meet the need that day. That's all he needed to solve the big problem. Let me tell you, that that seemed like a big problem to these disciples. It seemed like a great big circumstance to these disciples. This is all he needed that day. Was this lad, what this lad had, what this little had to this day. You know, the disciples had already said, again, the disciples thought, we've got a big problem on our hands but Jesus before he even asked he already knew he knew what he was already going to do that day oh some of you can rejoice this morning because he already knows what he's going to do to solve your problem today you see let's see what Jesus how Jesus done this let me tell you what Jesus there was a baker boy with a basket of barley loaves and two fish that don't seem like a lot does it Considering the great multitude of men, women, and children, that, that don't seem like it could go anywhere. My Lord, I think about it. Some of us could put food away, left, and right? You know, you get me at a Zaxby's. If you don't know what a Zaxby's is up here, they ain't none. I miss this down south because we got what we call the best chicken in the world, Zaxby's chicken in the strips, and this sauce. My Lord, in their hot wings. If you could put me there, I can. if you give me the right appetite, I can eat and I can eat and I can eat. They better be glad they don't have an all-you-can-eat buffet bar. They got a Krispy Kreme, put me there. I'll tell you, I could eat Krispy Kreme and Krispy Kreme, Krispy Kreme. But let me tell you, you know people's appetites, sir. But, you know, it seemed like it would take a lot to feed a multitude, don't you know that? Especially us Pentecostals. How many know that? Us Pentecostals like to eat. Amen? I'm telling you, I'm convinced there's going to be a buffet line (laughs) in heaven, if you will, (laughs) just for the Pentecostals. I'm joking on that. But it didn't seem like this little boy had enough. It was little in comparison to what the eye said they needed. But a little is much when Jesus gets involved in it. I said a little is much when Jesus gets involved in it. I'll remind you Jesus didn't look for what they had, didn't have. He looked for what they had. He was going to use what they had that day. He was going to use the very little food that they had that day to provide and meet this so-called big problem that they had that day. But let me tell you what they had to do. Let me give you a nugget right here. It wasn't enough to just have it there. You want me to tell you what they had to do? They had to put those five barleys, and they had to put those two loaves, Into his hands. Do you get that? They had to put it. Into his hands. That means. They had to transfer it. To him. In order for him to transform it. They had to transfer the little that they had. Into the hands of God. To the Lord. Jesus Christ. In order for him to meet the need, to provide it, and go beyond anything they thought was imaginable. What are you saying? I'm telling you, I'm going to preach for just a minute. We talk about we want God. I'm going to say this strongly. I don't look at records, but I'm going to tell you, you can say God bless my finances all day long, but if you ain't putting your tithe in his hand, how's God going to transform it? Am I right, Brother Harold? If you ain't putting it into His hand, how can He transform it? Amen? That's what I tell people. You can't get people to get that in your hand. If you keep it in your hand, He can't transform it. You've got to transfer it to Him. In other words, you've got to put it in the hands of God. If you want a transformation about it. They had to take what they had, not what they didn't have, what they had, and put it in his hands. I'm amazed that people want God to do something, but they don't want to put it in his hands. I'm amazed, old oh, preacher, pray for me, pray for him, call out to God for me, but they don't want to put it in his hands. I tell you, this is a pretty good church on giving, real good church. I don't know everybody's record, but I don't look at that. I know the numbers are good, but I'm going to tell you this. I used to preach it till I was blue in the face down in North Carolina, but people would not get it. They always said, God bless my finances. God bless my finances. God bless my finances. They'd buy new boats and cars, but throw a penny into the house of God. Throw a couple cents in there. That's not transferring it, folks. Then I I heard one say, Well, that's my widow's might. And I said, You're a liar. That's what I thought. That's not a widow's might. A widow's might is when you got the last little bit. I'm going to preach it tonight. People don't know what it means to seek God. I'm going to go ahead and say this. People spend more money on getting their cosmetics done. Getting their hairs done than they'll ever sp- give to the work of God. They had no problem giving Walmart 20 dollars, but they got a problem giving God hundred. Something's wrong. Something's wrong, and you're wanting God to transfer it. You're wanting God to transfer it. You got to trans—you got to transform it. Excuse me, but you got to transfer it before He transforms. Because if you don't. You know what happened to Israel when they failed to trust God? They marched around the wilderness for 40 years, longer than God had ever intended for them to do it. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, you can keep it in your hands all day long, but you're going to march around the wilderness for 40 years, just like the children of Israel. They had to transfer to Jesus this five loaves and two fish in order for him. To meet the need. They had to commit it to him. They had to put it in his hands, if you will. Let me tell you right now this morning, he can take a small little loaf, and he can take two fishes, a small, five loaves and two fish, and he can turn it into a lot. Let me tell you this morning, he can take your little and turn it into a lot. Let me tell you what he did that day. He took those five loaves, And he took those two fish and he fed the multitude. Not only that, let me tell you, the disciples went around picking up fragments that was left over. It filled 12 baskets all because Jesus touched that, all because Jesus transformed that. How because they put those five barley loaves and two fish in the hands of Jesus? He had more than meets the eye. He had more than enough to meet the need. He had more than enough to feed the multitude. Uh, he had enough for his disciples to pick up the fragments. He goes exceeding look above of anything we can even imagine. Hello. We think we got a problem. We got a problem when we don't put it in the hands of God. We got issues when we don't put it in his hands. We worry ourselves when we don't put it in his hands. We stress out when we don't put it in his hands. We try to figure out instead of putting it into his hands. You need to quit trying to figure out how God's going to do it and just believe God's going to do it. Can I tell you, there's not one time in the Bible says God says figure it out. But the Bible does teach us to believe Him. Amen. Let me tell you, Ryan's couldn't, or these Gone Corrals, or Shady Maple, even as good as Shady Maple is, they couldn't feed this kind of multitude <laughs> with what they had right here that day. But Jesus could. Amen. I remember. A couple of years ago, down at the Holy Land. <laughs> went to the General Assembly some years back. Last one we had, a couple ones we had in Orlando, Florida. We went to the Holy Land. They did this. This is a, this is a cute little story. You know, they said, Jesus is going to turn to fi- these had these pl- fake fish. He said, I'm going to turn it into a multitude of fish. They, mean they say, close your eyes when you open your eyes. Jesus had a basket full of goldfish, them little candy goldfishes right there, them cookie goldfishes right there, cracker goldfishes. Let me tell you, he didn't turn that into a cracker goldfish that day. Did you hear me? I know that was a reenactment. He turned it into a fish that was going to fill their stomach. I believe each one, let me tell you something. I believe he gave each one that day the proportion they needed to fill their stomach. There was not a man or woman or child that left there hungry that day. All because... He got involved in it. Uh, What seemed to be a problem was not a problem at all. When the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords got into the arrangements. um, When the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords got into arrangement, what seems to be uh, a big problem uh, was not a problem at all. uh, Because Jesus Christ got into the arrangements today. Uh, Let me tell you this morning. uh, Oh, you got a problem in your life. uh, You need to get. Jesus into your arrangements. Uh, You may be saying, "Houston, we have a problem this morning." Uh, Oh no, you need to say, "Houston, I have a solution. Uh, His name is Jesus. This morning, Uh, he's my problem solver. He's all the he's the issues uh, to the promises of life. Uh, Let me tell you, some of the disciples uh, wanted to send these." This multitude of <laughs> Peter said, it would take a stagger Philip said, excuse me, <laughs> That it would take a staggered amount of money would be needed to feed this multitude. Andrew said that there was a boy, there was little bread and fish. In essence, what Andrew said, he didn't have enough, and what good what it would do. It was not until Jesus spoke with the mirac- then the miraculous was found for the problem that seemed to be. Can I tell you what was said? They didn't. The disciples who had been with Jesus, uh, who had walked with Jesus, who had seen Jesus do great things, uh, didn't run to Jesus at all for the first issue with this problem. Ain't it the same thing today? Instead of running to Jesus, they look, started looking to everywhere else for the answer. Ain't it something today also? How many don't look to Jesus? I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to the church folks. They're not really looking to Jesus to solve their problem. They're really not looking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords to meet the need. How better off we would be if we'd go to him first instead of last. Last. I want you to think about it. You have a fire in your house, medical emergency. What's the first thing you think of? 911. <laughs> Ain't it? Well, why don't we think of Jesus? Amen. It's good to go. When we have a problem in life, why don't we think of Jesus? Amen? When we're problems of issues of life. The cares of life. Why don't we think of Jesus? This seemed like a big problem. But they weren't thinking of Jesus. They were not thinking of Jesus. They were looking here. They were looking there. They were looking to and they were looking for. But they weren't looking at the one, the answer that was right there with them the whole time. See, I'm telling you, many today ain't looking to Jesus like they need to be. They're putting their trust in this. They're putting their trust in that. And they're not putting their trust in Christ. They're looking here. They're looking there. But they're not looking up. Hello? They're looking for this. They're looking for that. But they're not looking at Jesus. They're looking at others. But they're not looking for the Lord. Amen? That's what The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, to look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Right there. If we just keep our eye, look to Jesus. If we would just look to Jesus, worry would not fill us. Feel us. When we get it in our minds, he's got the answer. We wouldn't sit up all night trying to figure out an answer. We'd already know the answer. Thanks of God, before we get on to the disciples, are we any better? Is the church world any better? Do we really look to Jesus? Or do we get like Andrew and Philip and come up with carnal answers? When the answer is right there before us. People try all these Get rich quick schemes. Anybody ever tried one of those? People think they're going to win the publishing, clearinghouse sweepstakes. <laughs> Let me know you'll be my best friend. <laughs> I'm joking. More likely, you ain't going to win it. But they run to that. They'll run down here to win. There's a power ball, thinking they're going to win it. Looking at that for their answer. Let me tell you, your answer is in the book. Your answer is in the word of God. It's not through, it's where your answer's at. You got to look to Jesus this morning. But people will put their trust in things that are made by the hands of man and not look to Jesus. They'll put their trust, listen, I know God uses doctors. Don't get me wrong when I say this, even though I don't like going. I know God uses these things, but whose report are we going to believe? Most people would give up. The doctor said, there's nothing more than you can do. But how many would press through the crowd and said, I must touch the hem of his garment that I may be made whole? Am I right? Think about it. Who are you going to look to this morning? Only if the disciples would have kept their eyes on Jesus for this problem. But instead, Philip and Andrew and some of the others said, get rid of them. We don't have enough money. There's not enough to go around. Send them away. And Jesus said, I know what I'm going to do. You ain't going to send them away. You're going to feed them. See, I had no doubt. The Lord knew that little boy. Them five, them five loaves and two fish were going to be there. He knew it before it came. He knew exactly what was going to happen. It was all ordained by God. Did you hear me? See, a lot of times we look for a miracle in the big. But God's going to use the small to bring the miracle. Amen? Sometimes God will use the small to meet the need. How do you know? Prove it more. I can go back into the Old Testament. How many know when I prayed for rain? The prophet prayed for rain. Let me tell you, seven times, six times, no answer on the seventh time, there was a cloud. How big was the cloud? Anybody know? The size of a man's fist. Guess what that cloud, the size of a man's fist produced? The rain, the rain, the rain, the rain. It didn't take a big, gigantic cloud. My Lord, I've seen it times this, it looked like it was gonna rain many times around here during this drought that we've had this year. It didn't even rain, it didn't even drizzle any. But on that day, the cloud, no bigger than a man's hand, produced a drought busting. Windows of heaven open rain, if you will. My Lord, the little. Produce the answer. When God's in the little, it's going to produce the great. Did you hear me? When God's in the little, he's going to produce the great. Let me tell you, a lot of times the church focuses on numbers. And I think we could do more. I think this church could do better. But God could take a few and do more with a few than he can do with a church of 10,000. I'll say it. I've seen some big churches. You can turn on TV, they ain't got no more of the Spirit of God in it. But I can go to a church where they want but a few house churches, storefront churches, churches with just 20, 30, 40 people. And God would do more with that than he can do with 10,000. that ain't got no interest in him. God can do more with a little. One of the biggest churches in the Church of God, Central Church of God in Charlotte, North Carolina, started out with 12 people. Now runs over 6,000. My Lord, they've been having prayer, and let me tell you the testimonies that are going on through there. The church got focused on Jesus again, and I'm telling the general overseer of the Church of God, they give a report. People are being healed. Marriages are being restored. Children are seeing angels in the midst of there. You believe it, I believe it. Amen? It started out with 12. I remember him telling the story at Camp Meeting in North Carolina. 12, he said, I'm going to, his father, I think his father in law was the pastor there. He he was on the board there. He said, I'm going to go bust out the walls with a sledgehammer. We ain't got but 12 people going to bust out the walls. Let me tell you, he went and busted out the walls, and now they run over 6,000 people in Charlotte. My Lord. He said God told him to bust the walls. I believe it was Rod Parsley's church in Columbus, Ohio that started in a cornfield. A little. God can turn into a lot. Do you get the point? God can take a little and solve your problem and give you a blessing into a lot today. But people don't want to turn to God this morning. Sister Marcia, you get ready to come. They don't want to keep their eyes on God. We want to look how small what we don't have. Let me tell you, we need to start looking at Jesus. Quit looking at what you don't have. I used to have a slogan for the Robbinsville Church. And I'll tell this church the same thing. You don't look how small your church is. Don't look how small you are in numbers. You need to look how big your God is. I'll tell you the same thing I told them. You'll grow. God will take you where he wants you to go in his timing. Got a report yesterday. That church, uh, I told that church that. I said, I may not ever see it, but it'll happen. I may not be the pastor here when it happens, but it'll happen. Let me tell you, I got a church that I got a report they had up to forty eight last Sunday, and that was coming from a church that was just a few in it when I left. And I remember prophesying, the God's telling them that. I'm telling you, God take a little and turn it into a lot." And for Robbinsville, let me tell you, that is very, very good. And for an area, that is good. Let me tell you, we to quit looking at how small you are in numbers. You need to quit looking what you don't have and look who you do have. Amen. You see, I think here's something else. They were looking what they didn't have, the lack of, but they were missing who they did have. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't think about this. They were looking at what they didn't have instead of who they did have. No, we can look around this church this morning. You look around in your life and see what you don't have. Every one of us can see what we don't have. But we don't need to look at that. We need to look about who we do have. We need to look at who we do have in our lives. And if we got Jesus, he'll take care of everything else. Philip and Andrew saw what they didn't have. They didn't see who they did have. My Lord. See, when they didn't look for Jesus, no doubt fear come in their mind, worry how they're going to take care of us. Because they saw their inadequacy, what they was lacking instead of who they had. They weren't really lacking because they had the bread of life right there. They had the miracle maker there, but they thought they did. See. We go back to verse 6. Jesus said it right here. here. Right here the scripture says. And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. There was no ends, ifs, or buts about it, what he was going to do. He already knew what he was going to do. That's something right there. Can I tell you the Lord knows exactly what he's going to do to fix your problem. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He'll bring the right person through you to bless you. He'll bring what is needed. He'll use what you have to produce the miracle in your life. Let me tell you, God will send somebody along if He has to. He'll open the mouth of a fish and put a coin in it. He'll use whoever, whatever He's got to do to bring forth your answer. You can stand it here this morning. I want you to know that God wants to be in every aspect of your life this morning. And if you've got a problem, if you've got a sickness, you've got an ailment in your life this morning, I want you to know today that God's got your answer. But you've got to take your problems unto the Lord. You need to say, Lord, I need to quit focusing on what I don't have, and I need to start focusing on who I do have. I need to focus on who I do have this morning. I need to focus on you because you got my answer. You've got my solution. How many would say, I need to step out this morning? I need to focus on you. You may think in Houston, I got a problem. The disciples didn't have a problem. They had a solution. They thought they had a problem. But Jesus had a solution. Too often, we think there's great problems, and we don't run to the Lord. But God said, run to me this morning. My Lord, he'll take out little He'll use what he's got to use and fix it this morning. And fix it this morning. He'll solve the problem. He'll meet the need. He'll take care of it this morning. Lord, we give you glory, God. Give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.